Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Penny C., and I am a recovered compulsive eater from the Boston area. Today is Thursday, July 27, 2023, and this is the 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting. Today we are reading from the big book. We are in the chapter Working with Others on page 96, the second paragraph, which begins with, suppose now you are making, through just that one paragraph, which ends with, but do not insist upon it if he prefers to consult someone else. Today's readers are the 12 Steps, Chris W., Joanne L. will read the 12 Traditions, and the readers of the text are Ramona A. and Jeannie B., the backup today is Chris M. The newcomer greeter is Vanita L. The second hour host, we have Chris G. And the announcements will be given by Kathy S. The reference numbers for yesterday, Wednesday, July 26, are these. The 7 a.m. meeting, 20,478, 20478. The 10 a.m. meeting, 20,480. The OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry the message to the compulsive overeater who still suffer. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And I'm going to ask Chris W. read the steps we took, which are suggested as a program of recovery. Good morning, Chris. Sorry, I forgot to push the start. Um, one, we admitted we were powerless over alcohol, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Eight, I mean six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. 
Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or other. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. In 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to alcoholics and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me serve. And thank you to you, Chris W., and next, we're going to have Joanne L. to read the 12 Traditions. Uh, good morning, Penny. Good morning, everyone. Joanne L. from Rhode Island, recovered in Rhode Island. The 12 Traditions of Eaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise or lease problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. In twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, and I pass, and I enjoy doing the service day with you, Penny. Thank you. Thank you, Joanne L. Now, how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. 
Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, you would press star 1 to unmute. And once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book. We are in the chapter, Working with Others, page 96, the second paragraph, which begins with, suppose now you are making, through that whole paragraph ending with, but do not insist upon it if he prefers to consult someone else. And I'm going to call on Ramona A., who is here to begin that reading for us. Good morning, Ramona. Good morning, Penny. Good morning, everyone. Um, I'm Ramona A., a recovered compulsive overeater in Vermont. And I want to, um, to just be grateful this morning for being here and being able to be of service. Suppose now you are making your second visit to a man. He has read this volume and says he is prepared to go through with the 12 steps of the program of recovery. Having had the experience yourself, you can give him much practical advice. Let him know you are available if he wishes to make a decision and tell his story, but do not insist upon it if he prefers to consult someone else. So when I read this paragraph, I said, the order of doing the work or building the relationship with the person has changed over the years a bit. Um, but the principles are the same. You know, I don't ask new people to read the whole book before we start the steps if, if we do happen to work together. Uh, my intention will be to read and work together. Um, however, that's, I do have some preliminary conversations before we would start step work or before I would agree to be a sponsor. So I share the basics of my story. I'd like to know the basics of the other person's story, if they're willing. I'm a real compulsive overeater, and they need to know that. And we discuss what a sponsor is and does, and my expectations, the first and major of which is to be honest. But I want the, uh, I, and I want the person to then say, if they're willing, uh, we now need to find some kind of a schedule. And it's um, it used to be all in person. That was easier. Now we have phones and texts and time zones, et cetera, so we have to work at that a little bit. But if um, if the person is now ready, I do want them to have at least some kind of a plan around food so we can read the doctor's opinion and get started there and understand the idea of the disease and, you know, what... Um, allergic foods are and allow that person to identify his or her own. And once that's settled, then we could start the steps. And then um, I look at to see, however, if, if the person says she is ready or he is ready, but they won't set up a schedule or they balk at the idea of honesty or they balk at the idea of letting go of their own self-identified trigger foods, I know she isn't really ready. And we can discuss that, but usually it comes out that I can only 
share my experience, strength, and hope. And it would be better, you know, if that person would look for someone else. And I can help with that if, you know, if she would like. But otherwise, you know, it would it would just be helpful to work with someone else. So with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Ramona. Now I'm ready. I will be ready in just a moment to take more names for people who would like to share. But I just want to remind everyone that at this meeting we ask that if you've shared in the last two days, that would mean on Tuesday or Wednesday of this week on any of the vision meetings, that you hold back so other voices can be heard. And so um, I will be timing. And uh, who would like to share on this wonderful paragraph? Katie G. from Boston. Katie. Janet B. Melissa C. Wait a minute. Hold Janet on. B. Janet B. Hold on, Janet B. Let me just get Melissa. All right. Who's after Melissa C.? I have Katie G., Janet B., and Melissa C. Who else? Stephanie R. Barbara W. from New Jersey. Barbara W. Stephanie R. Stephanie R. Yvette O. Loretta H. Loretta, I I, I missed before Loretta. Who was Loretta before Loretta? Yvette L. Yvette. Okay, we're going to stop there. So I have Yvette. L. All right, let me tell you, this is the lineup. Katie G, Janet B, Melissa C, Barbara W, Stephanie R, Yvette L, and Loretta H. Nice lineup. Go ahead, Katie G. Hi, Penny. I apologize. This is Katie G, Recovered in Boston. So grateful to be here. Um, I think one of the critical lines for me is having had the experience myself, I can give much practical advice. And practical advice means like actually doing something. You know, for me, um, when I had a relapse, um, I talked with the woman that became my sponsor um, a long time ago. And what was so interesting is that she didn't um, shove anything down my throat. She simply set out the parameters and let me decide what I wanted to do. And I didn't want to do what she asked me to do. Um, I'm an exercise bulimic. She wanted me to put exercise down. I was like, go screw. I can still do this. I'm sorry for the phrase. That was really disgusting. But I was like, you know, you take, I'm not going to do this. And the fact is that I kept trying to do the steps and I couldn't. I just couldn't. And I love that um, above it talks about accepting with eagerness what what is offered. So eagerness means a positive feeling of wanting to push ahead with something. You know, and a lot of people, I, I hear a lot of people say, oh, well, they're not ready. I actually feel like that may not be true, right? Like my first job as a sponsor or as a, you know, co-fellow in recovery is to help the person decide if they are a real compulsive eater. Because in my humble opinion, the book tells me there are moderate eaters and there are hard eaters. So there are a couple scenarios. Number one, maybe they're not ready. Number two, maybe they're not ready for me. I know for me as a sponsor, I, I sponsor differently. You know, and we all know that. You know, I recently went through something and um, I, I found out that people sponsor a lot differently than the sponsor I have. And I'm 
so grateful for the variety of voices that we have. And, you know, I don't have a lot on recovery. I'm just one way of sponsoring. I do use the big book, but there are things that I do that's different and that is okay. So, you know, one, they're not ready. Maybe they're not ready for me or maybe they're not us, right? And the desire has to come from within. Like I know um, when I first came into OA, like I wouldn't even talk to people who didn't follow my specific plan because I thought, well, they're not ready or they're not willing or they don't, they don't, they are just not sick enough and all of this judgmental stuff. And it's like, I don't have to do that today. And, you know, the other thing that I think is really helpful is like, if I, let's say I go through and we decide that, somebody is the real deal, because it's really easy to say, I'm the real deal. And I, I would think I was just saying I'm fat. And being fat or being thin or exercising bulimically, those are not necessarily keys that I belong in Overeaters Anonymous. I must have an allergy of the body and an obsession of the mind. And I'll just wrap with this. You know, I always try and make sure I know who available sponsors are because if I can't sponsor them, if I can't meet their needs, I just pass them on to someone else. It's not, it's not a, a popularity contest. It's how does God want to use me today? And thank you, God, that I can stay contented with that. And with that, I do pass. Thank you, Katie G. And next we have Janet B., Hi, good morning. This is Janet B. Recovered Compulsive Eater in New Jersey, soon to be in Raleigh, North Carolina. So I love that line. He's read this volume, and after he reads it, he says he's prepared to go through with the 12 steps of the program of recovery. And I have to say, that was my like kind of exact experience. I had been in Overeaters Anonymous for about six and a half years, could not get abstinent. Um, I think my record was two weeks. Most days I couldn't make it to lunch. I was at an OA convention, eating compulsively at the OA convention, and then a woman stood up and she held up this big blue book that I'd seen around and maybe glanced at, and she said she hadn't binged in a year. I mean, to me that was eternity, um, and I was too afraid to approach her because she had these massive blonde curls. She looked like an angel, and you don't just walk up to an angel. But the girl sitting next to me just happened to be her sister and introduced me and we had a long talk. And then she said, okay, now you need to read this book and then we'll talk some more. I skipped the talent show at the convention that night. I was up in my hotel room. I read this book. I read the whole text section. The next morning I found her and she said pretty much exactly this. Are you prepared to go through with these 12 steps? And I said, there's this one amend I'm not going to, I'm not willing to make. Um, I had faked a rape a few years before um, to get my boyfriend at the time to pay attention to me. And I didn't want to go back and tell him that. And she just said, are you willing to trust that by the time you get to the ninth step, you'll be a different person? And I said, okay. And then um, she introduced me to a whole bunch of people who had years of recovery. It was like being in heaven on earth. And then it's, as the book says, I made a decision. And it was really two decisions. It was a decision to go to any length to do whatever I was told. Not a decision to put down the food because the first step tells me I'm powerless to make a decision to put down the food. But a decision to do whatever it takes so that God can remove the obsession. And then a decision to do, even though I didn't know what God was like, I could do what I thought God would want me to. 
he would want me to be honest. He would want me to put the welfare of others ahead of my own. I made a decision to do that. And just like this beautiful book tells us, um, it was like the hand of God reached in and removed the obsession. But it started with reading this book and making a decision that I was going to do whatever it took to put myself in a position where the grace of God could remove my food obsession. And he did. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Janet B. Uh, and next, Melissa C. Hi, good morning, Penny. Thanks so much for your service this morning. My name is Melissa C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. I live in New York. And, you know, I read this paragraph and I see it from both the angle of um, the sponsee and the, and the sponsor. And, you know, I think about my own experience that I did want to work, you know, the 12 steps. I, I They made... Uh, they gave me a promise. They gave me a hope. It was a blueprint. It was a design, and I wanted it, right? And I, but I do remember, um, years, many years ago, I approached somebody to help me, um, and she was actually sort of filling in for me while my sponsor was away, and I shared with her, like an upcoming dilemma that I was having, and, um, and it, of course, it was like I was afraid that I would lose my my food sobriety if I went to a particular event. And her, you know, her calm approach was well, like, mm, "Don't go." And and I remember thinking, "Okay, I don't want to work with that kind of a person. Like, I want to be able to do what I want, go where I want." Um, and I wanted to sort of tell me how to get a strong cage in those in those places. Fast forward, you know, many years later, of course she wound up being my sponsor, and of course that makes perfect sense to me. Um, you know, and now my experience in, in sponsoring is that I've had, had, you know, people who are interested in working the steps but not in doing it with me. And I would, you know, at times I would question myself and and my approach. You know, am I being too rigid? Am I making too many demands? Should I negotiate? You know, should I like reexamine the way that I'm I'm going to do this with a person and I and I think it's kind of like this you know if if I'm in the business of putting people in the, in a, a vehicle of recovery um you know like a car salesman I don't care if they buy the car from me I just want them behind the wheel right I just want them in a relationship with God and so you know I I remember somebody saying to me um are you saying I can't recover unless I blank? And they repeated, you know, basically the way that I work the program. Like, are you saying I can't recover unless I commit my food, unless I make these calls, unless I go to certain meetings? And my answer today is, of course I'm not saying that. But I can't. you can't recover with me because my practical experience is the only practical experience I have. And if I loosen the terms, what I'm saying is you don't have to be willing to go to any length. And then really in turn, I don't believe it's going to work for that person because it won't work unless you're willing to go to any reasonable length, right, unless any length. And um, and so now I have a different approach, and I'll just close up with that, that it doesn't matter to me if they recover with me. You know, I just really just want them to recover. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thanks so much, Melissa C. And next, Barbara W. 
Good morning, Barbara. Good morning. I had my phone unmute. I'm sorry. I'm Barbara W. from uh, New Jersey. I am a grateful compulsive overeater. I just wanted to share about a couple of things that I have experienced in my life of uh, OA going back uh, up until now. First of all, like House always say, he always say, you have to be ready for this program. Barbara, this is for me. Now, I've had to take an inventory and be ready. Number one is when I'm working on my job, part-time. I'm 68 years old. I have been working for 18 summers part-time at the amusement park uh, with the children. Now, if I'm not, I have to make that clear because when I'm working, it's very hard. It's not easy to do the program when, when you're working. Now, I'm retiring in September, and I just thank God that he has able me to go through this program the best of my ability and know that I'm a compulsive overeater. Foods that I would eat that and would not be able to stop eating it and knowing that certain foods that I'm addicted to, and it's only the steps in God, my higher power, that is getting me off these foods and showing me that these foods will make me, it's an allergy, I have a disease, I have a sickness with these foods. And God is lifting it. He's moving it, and he's helping me to learn to eat and cook healthy foods. Now, I find with me in the program, each day that I go to work and come home from work, I say, you know what, God? I'm not going to be able to work another summer like this to be able to, to sponsor people, work the program, because it takes time. It takes time to do this program. It can't be done overnight. You have to have the steps. You have to go through it. You have to have somebody to read it to you. Certain people have different problems in reading and being able to do the steps to be able to recover. And I had went through that years back. And this time around, I, had, I said, God, I know you're going to help me to get through this. And still, you have to, I have to still go over those steps. Because like Harold said, you can lose it. I've lost this program many times, and I made up my mind this time I'm going all the way through, and I'm going to reach out and help other people no matter what it takes. Even when they stumble, I'm going to talk it through, work it through, and try to help other people in this recovery because I find that it do work. And it's got to be a spiritually awakened for me to be able to progress through my food plan and what I should eat, and what I shouldn't eat, who I should be around, and who I should not be around with garbage foods. That's what I call the things that I know I can't eat that people have laid out that is not good for me to eat, and, and for me, them too, because it's all junk food. So I thank God in the steps that I'm still fighting my life with this program at my age of 68 years old. And thankfully, like I said, my life was upside down in November when I came in this program. And I'm trying to move to South Carolina with my family, hopefully next year. And still, people have things they have to do. And it's, you've got to get a schedule. I have to continue to get That's a schedule. Time, Bob. 
So I thank you for listening to me sharing, and have a great day, everyone. Love you all. Thank you so much, Barbara W. And now, Stephanie R., it's your turn. Hi, Stephanie R. from Missouri. Thank you so much, so much for letting me share. Um, I, I really like to share, um, and I really felt called to share this morning because as being a sponsor, I find it to be such a true lesson of humility because I came into this program thinking I was the most humble person on the face of this earth, only to realize that my ego was ginormous and that I really, really um, needed to do a lot of reflection on my self-absorption, my self-centeredness, and the things that kept me, the character defects that really kept me in a place of um, not being able to surrender. When I looked at those defects and worked through the steps with a wonderful sponsor, and I've had wonderful sponsors who have been very, very kind and very, very um, supportive, and they've told me, you know, I don't think that this is uh, I'm the sponsor for you. And that, again, is a lesson in humility because my huge ego doesn't want anyone to say I'm not up to the job. So um, I'm just so very grateful that when I am sponsoring, I'm able to say I'm humbly able to guide you, that I can only guide you if there's a willingness on your part to turn your life over to a power greater than than yourself, and that certainly is not me because um, God knows I'm flawed. So I'm very, very grateful to be here and very grateful to say that I humbly appreciate the role of a sponsor and being a sponsor. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you. That was Stephanie R. And next we have Yvette L. Good morning. Good morning. My name's Yvette L. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Connecticut. Um, and the part that uh, really struck me um, and that I've had to, to learn over time is, you know, the insisting, you know, um, that I have the answers for somebody. Um, I have my experience, strength, and hope to share with others. Um, you know, it took me 20, basically 25 years in these rooms to fully surrender um, and, you know, one, learn what the instruction said and then more importantly do uh, what it says to do in order to recover. Um, and I was talking with uh, a potential sponsee the other day and sharing a little bit about my experience. Uh, she shared a little bit about hers. Um, and, you know, I typically do try to, to ask folks. Um, she's been uh, familiar with the 12 steps uh, for a while and uh, asked if she was, you know, willing to go to any lengths. And um, that was a couple of days ago. I asked her to read the doctor's opinion. We had a brief conversation about, you know, alcoholic foods and her food plan and, um, you know, haven't heard from her since. Um, and, you know, I'm not going to insist. I'm not going to chase. I'm not going to try to convince um, because I know for me, the only thing that convinced me was the food and the pain that the food caused. Um, and, uh, you know, I don't know if she's ready. Um, there may be a reason, uh, why, you know, she hasn't called. Um, but we'll see, you know, if, uh, it's meant to be that uh, she and I work together, then we will. Um, and I, I'm letting God direct that, uh, rather than, you know, me trying to effort at, 
uh, trying to help someone. Um, I know what's possible if I do the work, um, and I know it's possible for anyone that does the work because, you know, the result is a spiritual experience. Um, but it's it's not easy, comfortable, or convenient. And I am honest with people about that um, up front, uh, that, you know, if that's what you're looking for, this ain't it. <laughs> um, it. It works, and, you know, I'm free today, free from the obsession. Um, but it did come at a price. Um, freedom isn't free. Um, I had to be willing to put all the food down and, and work the steps and continue to work the steps because uh, there is no end to working the steps. Um, and, you know, when I do that uh, humbly um, and, and learning um, as I go, you know, I've learned to, you know, discern a little bit quicker if someone's ready um, so that I don't, uh, you know, I don't say I waste time, but, um, you know, I don't uh, try to convince somebody anymore because um, I know food is the only thing that's going to, you know, beat somebody into a state of reasonableness. I can't do that. I don't have that kind of power. Um, so I'm so grateful for um, this design for living. It is a design for living. Um, I don't have much of a life um, without this program. And um, I just keep keep on keeping on and trudging the road um, uh, with all of you. So thanks for letting me share. Thank you. That was Yvette L. And next we have Loretta H., and then we'll be taking more names for she is. Go ahead, Loretta. Good morning, Penny. Good morning, all, along with my precious God, who is saving my life today. Uh, Loretta H. in North Carolina. Having had the experience yourself, you can give him much practical advice. I feel this spiritual awakening I've had is a privilege and God gave it to me but I had to work for it and I really try to pass that on I don't abuse the privilege in sponsoring and anything I am just a man walking beside another man who wants to get better and I Dr. Bob says it and it's a sense of duty. It's a pleasure. I feel this because in so doing, I'm paying the debt to the man who took time to pass it on to me. And as I've shared, my sponsor, first sponsor, 49 years now. Uh, for, because every time I do it, I take out a little more insurance for myself against that possible slip. So this is a privilege. I don't abuse it. My sponsoring, and I don't even like to use that word. I call myself a guide or a protege. The way I take people through the steps today is very different than when I first came into the rooms, but I do make it that I walk my talk. I need to do this. I need to be rigorously honest about everything I do and um, not abuse this privilege because this book, even before we get to working with others, there's 124 times it tells us the necessity of this. So this is a privilege. This is something that God has given me in a humble way. And I need to, when I work it with somebody else, give it to them in a humble way. I am just a teacher, a classmate, and a friend. And yes, sometimes it's uncomfortable. Sometimes it's hard. And I really think willingness is overrated, that it's in the work. And so I, if I'm working, not that I expect, I don't expect, but I suggest 
that they do the work also. In fact, this year, I have gone through the steps with people, and I go through them with them. And I'm going to do another fifth step um, or fourth step today and finish it up. And it just helps. I do 10 steps, but this is just another process to see my patterns and my positions and where I need more help so that I can help somebody else. So um, my first sponsor's husband said it was the blind leading the blind, and yes, it is, but the sunlight of the spirit is at the end of my blindness. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Excuse me, Loretta H. And now um, let me just remind everybody where we are in the big book. On page 96, we are on the second paragraph that begins with, suppose now you are making, and ends with, but do not insist upon it if he prefers to consult someone else. And with that, I'm ready to take names of more people who would Hi, like... Wanda, Ram- Wanda R. Wanda. Rosie M. Rosie M. Carmela G. Carmela G. Lisa C. Lisa Elena C. Hold on. Is it Lisa B or yes. C? Yes. Lisa C is in cat. C. Okay. Who is after Lisa? Elena C. Elena. I'm going to stop there just so we can get everybody in, and then we'll see where we're at, okay? So I'm going to take, <coughs> excuse me, Wanda R., ah, your turn. Wanda, we can't hear you. Good morning. Good morning. I hope all people on this phone are happy and healthy and well and abstinent and spirit-guided and growing and changing and developing. And, um, you know, that's what the 12 Steps promise. And it's funny, nowhere in the big book is the word sponsor. So, um, you know, it came about because it was developed because people need help. And, you know, the most important thing that I'm here to do is to help. And I have to practice the most important traits, compassion, love, and kindness and going the extra mile. And I sponsored someone for 20 years. I sponsored someone else for 12 years. I sponsored someone else for uh, five years. And I've had three sponsors that died on me because I outlived them. Sponsorship is very important. And I love... um, walking the walk with other people and being tolerant and accepting where they're at and starting where they're at and meeting them more than half, meeting them halfway, but letting them come forward. A lot of people are shy. A lot of people are confused. A lot of people are worried. So, um, You know, with all the things that are going on today in the world, you know, there's a lot of things that you could eat over. And it's important for me to 
basically shut out everything that's extraneous and focus on my recovery, focus on, uh, you know, helping other people. And I start with the people nearest me. So that would be my family, that would be my sponsees, and that would be uh, my other loved ones, my friends. So I pray for them. That's my uh, one of my main methods of helping is to ask my higher power to allow me to be an intercessor and just to ask for the right things that come along each day. Take it one, taking it one day at a time. I pass. I hope everybody has a great day. Thank you very much. Thank you, Wanda. Uh... Um, and Rosie M., it's your turn. Good morning, family. Thank you for being here. I'm Rosie M., a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. And I love the fact that um, we have sponsorship or guidance in this program. The one thing I find critical for anybody who asks me to be a sponsor, whether they are first time or retreads, I ask them to let them me have two weeks being a temporary sponsor and them praying about it, or if they don't pray yet, think about it and follow one simple direction that I may give them. And I pray about it for two weeks. And if they're able to keep the commitment, which is basically read like a page for, um, from one of our OA literature or read the steps or something that's recovery-related for two weeks and text me or call me and tell me, yeah, this is what they got out of it, then I see if they're ready or not to continue to search because for me, it's a spiritual problem I have, not a food problem. And once I got my food under control, everything else seemed to fall apart. So I try to focus on the spirituality of the program without scaring people and using terminology that would uh, drive people away. But we have so many tools and the program is such a wonderful gift. I would love everybody to have it but I can't give away something that um, I don't have, so I have to keep in recovery myself. And I also have to see where they are, if they really are willing and ready to go to any length. But for me, I don't um, force them to follow a food plan or do anything for the first couple of weeks. Just see if they can follow a simple suggestion that I have and keep in contact with me. Then we seem to do really well together. Thanks everybody for always doing that for me and being a guide for me, I, I thank God for each of you, and I pass. Thank you. That was Rosie M. And next, Carmella G. Good morning, Carmella. Good morning, Penny. Thank you so much for all the service you do, continued all these years. You're a gift. Um, <clears throat> I love the last line, but do not insist upon it if he prefers to consult someone else. That, to me, is what took me a few years because in the beginning when I sponsored, I thought it was me, that they didn't like me, and oh, and oh, and ah, and all the ooh-oohs. But today, the gift is the freedom of free will and the gift of understanding, step one, that I am powerless. And there is one in charge, and that is God. And if God put this person in my life 
to work with, maybe for a little while, maybe for years. And when they move on, it's God that directs. I don't have to do anything except listen. Listen and accept. Acceptance, the biggest thing, and getting out of willfulness to try and control. All of that comes in the package of working the steps. And this program has taught me through working with various sponsors and sponsees the acceptance that everyone has their own higher power and everyone has free will. And there is one director, and that is solely my higher power that I call God. And that is such a relief and a joy, and that allows peace and freedom. And with that, I pass. Thanks so much. Thank you, Carmela G. And Lisa C., it's your turn. Hi, good morning, everyone. Thank you so much, Penny. Um, my name is Lisa C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from New Jersey. I'm so grateful to be here, and I'm so grateful for recovery and the 12 steps and what this plan for my life has done for me and continues to do for me. I really had no idea what it would be like to live in a recovered body, mind, and spirit. I came into this program so spiritually sick and starving for God and knowing that God was the only thing that was going to save me. Um, and I just, I just really, you know, I always, I need to ask God in this moment, you know, help me to just say the right thing. I think what I was drawn to is also the last sentence because I think over and over again in this book, there is a call uh, for love and tolerance of others. The whole book to me is that code, Right. Um, and, and it's everywhere. It's between the lines. Um, it's, I, I put my hand on the book and I call out to God and I get that message. Love and tolerance of others is our code. Love and tolerance of myself is, is part of that code. So this idea that um, I will let go of anything that creates a disturbance. I will choose to let go of anything where I feel resistance. When I, and now I have these tools I have these steps so resentments crop up all the time right to teach me things so that I can be more loving and more tolerant it only grows I have never in my life experienced something so completely all-encompassing before that I can just keep widening my spiritual life it doesn't stop God doesn't stop showing up for me and that is part of what I communicate to sponsees and to anyone in this program is that God is showing up for me every second. I remain in prayer every second because when I don't, I very quickly learn that I really can't and don't want to make any decisions without my higher power. And I mean any decisions. I mean, should I run to that store right now? Do I have enough time? God, what do I do? Which shampoo should I buy? I mean, these things might sound so minor, but for someone like me um, who was so crippled by the disease of my mind, and the way it manifested itself in my body, the miracles are nonstop. And so if you are struggling, and if you are resistant to a notion of God, or if you just aren't sure, test it out. See what happens when you close your eyes and pray, and when you ask for the next right 
decision. And when it comes to sponsoring, that is the program at work in every moment, right? What am I about to say to this sponsee or this potential sponsee? How will I listen with an open heart? How can I bring God into this at every moment? And the moment I'm resisting that, that's a lesson for me. And thank goodness that I have these tools to work through all of these potential lessons. Um, and just, you know, praying for everybody on the line this morning. And, um, yeah, with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much. And that was Lisa C. Thank you so much. And Elena, I don't have your last initial. Would you give that to me, please? Sure. Good morning. My name is Elena C. I spell my name E-L-E-N-A, and I'm from South Carolina, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. <clears throat> I, um, I like this paragraph because it reminds me again and again um, just the space that I need to give people to make their own choices and, you know, and just how important it is to, for myself as a sponsor to continue to stay in contact with my higher power and my own understanding. The practical advice is just simply what my sponsor told me to do. She gave me daily assignments, you know, she gave me assignments, um, big assignments um, to listen to podcasts and <laughs> read a chapter from this big book. And, you know, then we met, we prayed, we talked about it. And that's the only thing I know. Um, and that's how I passed it on. Um, it is a, it is just the practical advice, concrete step that I took that I could um, offer to my sponsees to take themselves because it was helpful for my sponsor and helpful for me. And, um, you know, and this whole, the whole idea of letting him know you're available. Um, and I start now, like I spoke with two um, sponsees the other day. And um, when I, we opened the conversation. I made sure that I told them my story, my story of compulsive overeating. Um, and then that's what this chapter is telling me over and over to start with that, to start to show my vulnerability. Because when I do that, it helps them, but it also helps me return. It's a matter of surrendering once again to this, devastating disease of addiction that I have, baffling and cunning. And, um, you know, and then I have to listen. I have to listen. And um, in the listening and in the, the sharing and the listening is what the, our connection is. And then what I do usually is just let's just think about it. Let's pause for, for a little bit, maybe 24 hours, maybe 12 hours, and let's just let God settle in and see where God takes us and not necessarily say yes or no. And that's beautiful. That is beautiful because then it's not my decision. It's not my sponsor's decision. It's God's decision. We should be together or not, whether I would be the one to hold their hand um, of course, God holds their hand, but if I'm going to be the one to stay in the back and just give what it was given to me so freely, 
Um, and that is beautiful, you know, and um, I just know how much I benefit from sponsoring maybe more than from what I give to my sponsees. And I'm very grateful. Um, it's clear once again, one day at a time, how important that is to pass the message, to carry the message to others, the message of the message from our beautiful, our higher power. Um, which is to me, just have compassion for the world, you know, honesty, honesty. Yes. Okay, so you're saying this is um, is thumbs up? Yeah. Okay. And with that, I'll pass. Okay. Thank you very much. And we have time for one more. Who's that fortunate person that's going to take the last time? There one more person would like to share. Hi, this is KK. Okay, go ahead. Can you hear Hi, this is Kay, recovered compulsive overeater. Um, I've been in program about thirty years, and shortly after being in program, I went into a very long relapse. And when I came back, I sat in the room for about six months with a terrible attitude, full of self-pity. And my sponsor, who is still my sponsor today, approached me and asked me if I had a sponsor. And I said, I do, but I never call her. And she said, well, here's my number. Call me on Monday evening and, you know, have a plan of eating um, prepared. So I called her. Um, the most wonderful thing about my sponsor was the only thing she asked me to do or be was honest with her. And sometimes it took a lot of courage to tell on myself, and she would compliment me and say, Kay, you're a good OAR. Um, I love and appreciated her style because she never let me away with anything, but she was always very gentle on her approach and how she helped me to see the truth about the situation and the truth about myself, and I'm very grateful for her. So I pass with that. Have a great day. Thank you, Kay. That was Kay Kay. And, um, yeah, it's just about time. We have less than a minute, so we're going to close right now. And thank you for all the really, really remarkable shares this morning. Thank you to everyone who did share, everyone who's been on the Team Thursdays for the 7 a.m. meeting in this July, and especially all the people behind the scenes that we hardly ever hear their names, but they're doing amazing work. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. The share ID for today, Thursday, July 27th, 2023, the 7 a.m. meeting is 20,482. 20482. We will now close with the reading from the Big Book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. And I'm going to ask Jeannie B. to read that for me, or for us. Jeannie? Good, good morning. This is Jeannie B., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Florida. Thank you, everyone. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. 
we realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. Thank you. Thank